Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. I am Chad Simpson, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. And here at this podcast, our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. Chad, we have a special episode on hand today. Um, Our first athletic director that we got to interview for this podcast, Dr. Tim Sedgel. Um, He did a tremendous job explaining many different things. Um, especially the hiring process. Um, and what other things can we look forward to in this episode? Yeah, we, we loved this interview. And I think a lot of Christian coaches are going to be curious, what is a, a Christian athletic director looking for in, in the hiring and, and selective process? And he's so diligent to, to prepare those things. Also, um, it, it brought me back to the, to the junior high days with uh, – with Slim Shady and and Dr. Dre, anytime that that uh, a Christian AD can bring Dr. Dre into the interview, um, it's going to be powerful. But he has a great philosophy on evaluating his his coaches, um, serving his coaches so that they stay spiritually strong. And obviously, that's the goal. We want every coach listening here to stay close to the Lord, so they can go out and pour out, and make a difference in in their players and their communities and their families. So let's not waste any more time. Here is the interview. Dr. Tim Sedgel, I am so excited for this conversation. I'm thankful for your time that you would come and and share with us here on the Christian Coach Podcast. And and I don't want to waste any more time. I just want to get straight into it. Um, But just the the first question we would like to ask our our guests um, is, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to hang out with y'all and excited for um, what you guys are doing. I think you're filling the gap of of what's needed in um, Christian higher ed. So thankful for your work. But um, yeah, to to be a Christian coach, I think um, you see there's a dichotomy there because you see um, Christians who are coaches. And so folks that maybe are not are believers, but are not actually integrating their faith into the way that they're coaching. And then you see Christian coaches and folks who are believers and are taking their faith and are integrating it into coaching basketball or coaching tennis. And it's a, it's a really cool thing to see it worked out in that intentional way, using sport as a way to worship Christ and um, using our gifts, talents, and abilities as, as worship to him. So pursuing excellence in the context of sport and in a way to glorify Christ. Right. Um, and I think, um, it's so easy to do a lot of things in our life as believers, but not actually apply our faith to the things that we're doing because how we grew up or how we engaged in sport, you know, through um, club or AAU or high school, that was probably not done in a faith centered way in most cases. And so there's not a lot of models for that. And so often um, we're coaching the way that we were coached. Right. And so it takes a really intentional way to, to break that mold and to do it in a, in a transformative way by bringing our faith into it. But man, it can be awesome when that happens. And Typically, we're, we're bringing coaches onto this podcast to pick their brain, hear their heart. And every once in a while, we're wanting to bring in an outside perspective, an outside voice. And for you as an athletic director, I wanted to ask, um, what, what drew you in to become an athletic director? And was there a, a defining moment where I just felt God called me to this? Or was it just kind of following a, a passion to get into athletic administration for you? 
Yeah. So God worked in my life um, in a couple of different ways, man. So I um, went to Covenant College undergrad, um, Christian college, but I was not a Christian when I went. So I came to know Jesus there um, through a pastor, a local pastor at Lookout Mountain Prez. And uh, after he led me to the Lord, then I, um, that was the first thing I wanted to figure out is, was I going to follow Jesus or not? And then the next thing I wanted to figure out is, okay, now what am I going to do with my life? Um you know, from a career perspective. And so um, I'm a unique AD in that I've never coached nor been a student athlete at the college level. And so I was the manager for men's basketball here at Covenant um, in undergrad because a lot of my friends played basketball. And then um, my junior year kind of connected for me that, oh, like I could work in college athletics for a career. So I need to figure out how to do this. Right. And so at the time at Covenant, there was no sport management major. Um, so I leaned on a lot of the coaches that were here and just asked like, Hey, how'd you get into this? How, how did you um, pursue this? And, and figured out that, um, that I probably need to go to graduate school and, and learn more about working in college athletics. And I really thought that I wanted to, um, go that D1 path. So I went to grad school at Louisville, um, thought I wanted to be a D1 AD, Power 5, you know, the, um, with all the, the fun extras that come along with that. And, um, in between grad school and um, finishing up at Covenant, I went back home to Chicago and wanted to work in college athletics for the summer just to get some more experience. And um, the AD of Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois, was, was nice enough to let me come hang out with him for the summer. And to see the way that they approached athletics there, obviously a Christian school that, that really integrated his faith into coaching and covenant at the time, um, there was not a lot of faith integration in coaching. And we have that now um, as a good blessing from the Lord. So I didn't see that modeled in college, but seeing that done at Wheaton, I thought, man, okay, you can impact lives for the glory of the kingdom through sport. And it just blew my mind. And so, and, and do it at a really high level. Right. And so, then going to Louisville, um, again, got a little distracted by, do I want to do the, the D1 thing? Um, but got opened a door and I was able to come back to Covenant as an employee in the athletic department when I wrap things up at Louisville. Um, and so to be at a place that intentionally seeks to make Christ known in the context of athletics um, is really where God is, has drawn me. And to see the power of, of how he's worked in that context has just been um, more than I could ask or imagine, like it talks about in Ephesians. So it's been really cool. And not many people spend uh, 13 years in one place. And just uh, looking at, at your story, 13 years at, at Covenant, what has, um, what's it been like for you to grow with these people for that long and, um, and just be around one school to see it, it grow and keep moving forward? Yeah, that's been a blessing too. So when my wife and I got married nine years ago, I told her, you know, we're probably gonna have to move four or five times in our um, marriage. And that's just kind of the nature of um, being a, a transient in uh, college athletics and just the reality that a lot of folks face. But um, that wasn't God's plan for us. And he allowed us to stay um, in the same place. And, um, you know, as other opportunities have come up, it just didn't seem like that's where God was calling us to at the time. And so for me, being an alum at Covenant, um, the dream always was to be an AD at my alma mater, right? So um, I got to do that earlier than I expected. Um, so I'm 36 now. I got the job as AD when I was 32. And um, 
I did not expect to get it that quickly. And so I had thought, well, we'll probably have to go another place or two, and then maybe we can circle back to Covenant and finish up there, um, was kind of the, the idea I had in my mind. Um, so to your point, man, it's been awesome to be here the last 13 years, and um, Covenant's not a perfect place. Like, there's no place on earth that is, because it's all, uh, we're all full of sin, right? But it's a really good place, and what's been cool about it is, you know, I told you that we did not integrate our faith well in athletics when I was here as a student, and so being able to identify that, um, and then working towards, okay, what changes do we need to make to allow Christ to be preeminent in athletics, and then really um, coach as Christian coaches, not just believers who happen to coach, and we do all the same things that you see on ESPN, right, same language, and all that kind of stuff. So that's been a lot of fun um, to see that culture shift and to see that new approach um, embraced and identified. And the reality from a um, athletic administrative perspective, um, there's only two coaches here now that I didn't hire that were here before me and then everyone else um, have had the, the chance to bring on. And so in a real way, I've been able to create my own athletic department. And uh, that's a rare um, opportunity and option that doesn't come along well. Uh, or doesn't come along very often. And so um, the fact that God um, brought in that into my path, it, it makes it a lot of fun. And I think we have great folks here and uh, it makes a place that, um, you know, we don't want to leave because we've been able to build something really cool. Since taking over as the athletic director, what have you been able to implement to um, bring, bring discipleship, bring God, the gospel, um, into into the sports arena there at Covenant. So we talk a lot of times about how we want to, um, you know, Christian circles. You really want to um, make Christ the priority or make Christ first in, in everything that we do, right? And then there's not a real strong understanding of maybe how to do that. And so for us, when we talk about integrating our faith into coaching, we um, realized, okay, we have to walk through what this looks like with coaches, especially um, being a small Christian college, we're hiring young coaches. Oftentimes people are first time head coaches. So eager to learn, but maybe don't have that whole idea fleshed out. And so we're walking with folks about, okay, here's what that looks like. And not, it's more um, descriptive rather than prescriptive, right? So there's not like a formula and you mix it together and boom, you have awesome Christian athletes. But hey, here's an idea of things that have worked that we found to be successful. And, and let's look at how does this look like to integrate in softball or to men's soccer or women's tennis. And, and it might look different in each of those three sports, but there will be some based on teams and, and personalities and all that, but there'll be some similarities. And so providing the resources to be able to be effective in that has been huge for us. And then the accountability for it as well. And so for us at Covenant, the number one thing we evaluate coaches on is their discipleship efforts. And so I joke with our coaches where I, I talk about it. it's my Dr. Dre philosophy. And so the D is discipleship, the R is recruiting, and then the E is the pursuit of excellence. And so my, uh, my ringtone on my phone is still DRE, and it's just instrumental version, of course, the the words maybe don't quite align with our faith mission, but it's the great reminder for this is the way that um, we're trying to approach things in athletics. And so the number one thing is discipleship. We want people to um, integrate their faith in their coaching. And I was meeting with a um, volleyball recruiter mom at lunch today, and I told her that the number one thing we want to see when you come through Covenant, we want to see you grow in your faith as a result of being a volleyball player here at Covenant. And in volleyball, we've won four of the last five conference championships and won games in the NCAA tournament. And that stuff's fun. But if we're doing that, 
and those girls aren't growing in their relationship with Jesus, then we're failing in our mission, right? Because this, the winning piece, while it's fun, it has a temporary value. And at, at the eternal level, if you're growing your faith in your relationship with Christ, that matters into eternity. And so when we have student athletes that eventually God's going to call home. And at that time when they're on their deathbed, they're not going to say, hey, come and show me that, that sweet 16 trophy that we got. They're going to say, I want Jesus. And so we want to equip them with Jesus now because that's the stuff that really matters. So discipleship being number one, and then obviously recruiting being number two for us. So two pieces with that one being an enrollment driven institution obviously that matters but then two being intentional in the recruiting process becomes huge because that's forming who your team is and it's forming the culture and the character of your team and then you magnify it and it's forming that for the athletic department we all know athletic departments are influential on campus and so it can really shift your campus in one direction or another depending on what you're doing in the recruiting environment right so we want student athletes that love jesus first that can do well here academically second, and then third can help contribute to wins for us. And then the last piece, obviously the pursuit of excellence. And so in athletics, one way that you can measure excellence, obviously is wins and losses. We have a scoreboard, so it's super easy to assess that. For us, that's not the only way to assess excellence. It's really a holistic approach. So winning is a piece of that, and obviously we wanna win, we wanna use gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given us um, to glorify him then also how are we doing academically our teams achieving academically our student athletes coming in as freshmen and then graduating as seniors um, what's hall life look like are they engaged on campus and making a positive impact um, on campus and in the community and so it's a holistic approach um, for defining excellence so the dre philosophy is something um, super easy to remember and then hopefully um, we're equipping folks with the tools they need to implement that as well and Anytime you can bring Dr. Dre into the conversation on a, on a Christian coach podcast. Uh, I just love, love that, how you're, you're leading there. And um, can you give an example going back to the discipleship? Can you give an example for, for me as a coach, what's something that I could do next week to, to bring discipleship into my team, into my program? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it starts first with the coach. Is the coach in a position where they can lead well, right? So, um, and how do you lead well? Well, we would say that you need to have um, your uh, vertical relationship figured out before your horizontal relationships can be established, right? And so are you spending time yourself in the word, in prayer, and in community that help you be centered spiritually? And if you're centered spiritually, and that helps you lead more effectively as you're trying to point folks towards Christ. But if, if you don't have that settled yourself, um, then that's a really tough thing to do. So if it's settled for you, that's number one. And then number two would be, how can I love this team well? And so setting up time for them to get to know each other as a team, right? So can your team pray together? Can they do a service project together? And can they connect off of the court or the pitch or the trails in a way to draw them together as a body of believers or folks that we're encouraging to um, consider Christ as well, depending on the institution that you're at, right? Um, and can we draw them together to help them love each other with the way that Christ has loved us? And so as teams love one another, then you're starting to form that culture, right, that you want to see. And then we believe that that stuff does lead to wins as teams are, are better connected off the court then there's more chemistry on the court. And obviously we're not just using um, faith as a gimmick to, to lead to more wins, but oftentimes that is the outcome that comes from that. So how's your team um, interacting, integrating together and, and what that 
what does that look like? And then if that's in place, then okay, how do we take that to the next level, right? And so um, investing in individual relationships. So we talk about discipleship being important, but it starts with relationships. So Chad, I'm probably not gonna, if you wanna tell me something that I'm doing wrong in my life or, or someone where I can do better um, spiritually, I'm probably not gonna listen to you on that if we don't first have a relationship, right? But if there's that relationship that's been built up, that capital has been invested. Well, now I'm going to hear what you have to say because I like you, I respect you, I love you. And now if you want to tell me something about, hey, Tim, you really need to approach this in a different way or have you considered this, I'm going to listen to you. So same thing for our student athletes. So it takes a lot of work for our coaches to just hang out with student athletes in the office, meet one-on-one or or take get lunch with them, but you're building that relationship so that you have the ability to speak truth into their life. And so those are a few things to get started with. Um, Obviously there's, there's a lot of different ways you can approach discipleship, but with those, that's helped us get the ball rolling, um, no pun intended. Really good. And uh, I like, uh, I like how you started there with their vertical relationship with the Lord and being filled up and, um, and ready to go pour out. How do you um, do that as an athletic director to make sure that your coaches are staying strong spiritually? Do you feel that's your responsibility as their athletic director? So I'm fascinated with, um, you know, who's coaching the coaches, who's, who's mentoring the pastors as they're the ones out feeding, feeding the sheep. But um, that'd be my, my question is um, how do you coach up your coaches and, Uh, Is that your responsibility or do you outsource that? Yeah, so I think it's, um, it it takes a village to to raise a coach, right? And so um, I think I definitely play a significant role in that. But I think the coach just can't rely on one person or, or same with us. We just can't rely on one person to help us grow spiritually or professionally. And so it's my job to, to identify and to challenge and to encourage. Um, so for me, this, the same advice that I would give a coach has to apply to me too, right? So I need to be centered spiritually. I need to be in the word. Um, obviously being in, being in church looks a little different in the COVID environment. Um, but that's something that um, makes a big difference when, when everything is, is normal. So to say, I'm using quotation marks, obviously, and then um, being finding a community that I can rely on, even if if church is looking a little different right now, but still being um, investing in and getting invested by other believers that love Jesus, and I'm going to point them towards Him. And so, if I'm on point, then that allows me to to speak into coaches' lives. And so, um, those will be questions that I ask for coaches. And so, if, if we have a coach. Um, that's that's dealing with a really hard situation or maybe had you know got a technical or a yellow card or or whatever um hey let's talk through that and like obviously we don't want to see that happen that's not the end of the world and so what led to that and let's try to identify some of those kind of things and and i like to ask okay what's god teaching you through this situation um to just god's always um, trying to draw us closer to him and using circumstances to lead us to him and so even in a, a tough loss or a uh uh, yellow card or whatever it is, um, how can God use that in our lives to draw us closer to him? And is that a, a teaching moment for a team where you go back and you apologize to a team to say, I lost my temper and that's not Christ-like and, and then you're humbling yourself before your team? Or is that saying, yeah, like I haven't been in the word as much as I can and, and I, I just felt that bullying up and it, it came out in this rivalry game or whatever. Um, that's just humanity and that's just reality. But those are awesome situations where we can work through those things. Then a couple of things we try to do is um, we'll bring in someone at the beginning of the year 
um, usually an outside speaker to just talk to us about what it looks like to integrate our faith, um, just to get us thinking about that in August. And so this year we had Brian Smith on the books who wrote The Assist, which I thought was a great book to unpack that. And um, But in the COVID environment, um, Brian wasn't able to sneak down here from Michigan, so we punted until next year. But we brought a, uh, we're in the PCA denomination, so we brought a, a PCA pastor who was a um, All-American football player before just to talk about um, challenging us from that perspective. And that's really helped kick off the year to get people kind of in the right mindset coming back from the summer and coming back from being all different places recruiting and, and all that good stuff. And then I also like to um, really encourage our coaches to see, okay, who at other Christian colleges or who is other Christian believers are doing this really well and try to identify four or five people every summer and just reach out to them, just learn from them. And so I do the same thing with ADs, try to identify folks that are doing it really well and then what has led to them doing it well. So I, I look back to my time at Wheaton and so Tony Ladd was the AD there for 30 years. He's retired now, um, but still someone who's in my life that I call regularly, that I lean on regularly, that's, that's pointed me towards Christ, but then also helped me really um, do well professionally too. And so I think it's great to lean on others who are, um, doing the same thing, right? And so at the end of the day, it's not Covenant versus Point or Cedarville or, or whoever. And maybe we're recruiting some of the same kids, but we still want to further the kingdom. And so if we can help each other learn how to further the kingdom on our own campuses, and even if that means we we win or lose a, an extra game here or there, and the, the match, it doesn't matter. But what does matter is how we're influencing our student athletes, right? So I love that kind of stuff. It makes a huge difference. I have so much respect for your your kingdom mindset, the way you lead um, your athletic department there. And and as you're, I hear a little bit about the vision and, and then I hear a little bit about the hiring and the people being so essential. But uh, I think a lot of listeners could be considering jobs or thinking through Christian college, where do I go? But I wanted to hear from you on the, the hiring process. How do you go about um selecting and, and interviewing to find the, the coaches that you want because uh, as I did my research you've, you've hired some unbelievable coaches there that are um, not only having success but doing it the right way. Yeah so we're really intentional on the hiring part so I look at my job as an AD the number one most important thing I do is hire well. Um, if I don't hire well and and so we have uh, we're a small athletic department, right? So 26 people in our athletic department. So if you miss on one or two, well, that could be 10% of your athletic department that um, is negatively impacting your department in some way. And that's, that's significant, right? So we can't miss. Um, so God's been good. We have some phenomenal folks, as, you, as you've mentioned. Hiring is number one, and then um, equipping those people after we hire them would be number two, and, and then down the line. So from a hiring perspective, um, I want all of our coaches to retire at Covenant, and that is my goal. I love all of our coaches that we have right now, um, head coaches, assistants. But the reality that we face in college athletics is, and especially small Christian college athletics, is we're not making anybody millionaires, right? And so as they become successful, there's going to be other opportunities that come up. And so if hiring is a really important role that I play, then I have to be prepared if someone's going to move on to somewhere else at some point, right? So I keep a next up list. I have a list of five to 10 folks for um, every head coach or director position in athletics um, that I would reach out to. And I'm not married to that, but that's at least a place for me to start. And then as I've worked throughout the summers, just connecting with other believers in college athletics at, at the athletic administrative level that do it really well. Um, those will be folks that I'll call to and say, hey, who should I be looking at 
for X coaching position. Um, and we always post our jobs too. And uh, we hired a head softball coach this summer and uh, she was the assistant at Harvard. And I joked with Jenny that I've never hired somebody that I didn't know in some way or that someone I knew and trusted didn't know, but she was a blind application off the NCAA website and phenomenal woman who loves Jesus and is a great softball coach. But that would be the first one that we've brought in that, uh, that we didn't already have some inclination on. So being intentional in the hiring process is huge. And then the other piece, when, when we get to, um, what, well, I'll say this, what really helps um, distinguish people for us is what does your faith look like? Like there's a lot of people that can coach, right? Um, but do you understand what it means to be a child of the king and how are you articulating that to the student athletes that you're going to be coaching? And so if that can come across in the application materials, then I'm like, okay, I'm calling this person. And then we'll go from there and, and we'll pray about it. Um, I was really convicted this summer though. So the first few hires that I've made, um, you know, we hire a men's basketball coach and, and he's coach of the year and wins the conference a couple times, has player of the year, has all Americans, our men's soccer coach, same thing, wins the conference 14 and 0 last year in the conference coach of the year. And so I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm rolling. Got a women's basketball coach came in, changed the culture of women's basketball. And so I'm, I'm rolling with this thing. Right. But I was convicted in that I had not taken my own advice and I just trusted my own wisdom and hired those folks. And thankfully, God worked through that anyways and brought us great people. I've not spent a lot of time in prayer on it. So this summer, head softball coach resigns. And so we have an opportunity to hire somebody new. And so I think, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this the right way, right? And so I, um, we got our head coaches together. We pray for the search. I'm praying all the time for the search. Like, Jesus, I'm going to turn it over to you. Let your will be done. Lead me, direct me, guide me. And the search goes terrible at the beginning. Mm -hmm super frustrated because I'm like, God, I'm doing this your way, right? Yeah. And you're not blessing me. And not that it necessarily works out that way, but um, that was my approach this summer. And then after we got a few weeks into the search, we were able to um, land Jenny and, and ride off into the sunset with her. And I'm thrilled. But at it was a great lesson for me because I love to control things. I tried to give up a little bit of that control to Christ. And then when he didn't immediately give me results, I was pissed. And I was like, Jesus, come on, man, like work with me. So it was a really, um, a good summer of spiritual growth for me, um, to learn a lot through that. And, uh, he still blessed us in the end, but I think, um, his process was probably a little bit more designed for me to grow in him, which at the time I didn't appreciate, but now I'm really thankful, of course. I'm sure this, this last summer must've been a really wild time to, to try to make a hire. So, um, weird, weird situation everywhere. Um, but if you're looking at two different candidates and on paper, everything seems about the same, how do you go about making that, that final decision to offer, offer a job? What, what stands out? Um, how do you, how do you make that decision? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we've not been in, the, usually someone edges someone else out in yeah. some, from experience or, or institutional fit or something. So we've not been in a situation where two people are, edge and edge. But um, for us, we're, we're a school that's not diverse. And so we like to prioritize diversity um, when possible in a coaching search um, and not hiring someone just because they're diverse. But if, um, if we have a chance to bring in diversity and they're super talented, obviously that's what we're looking for. And then gender would be the other thing. Um, so we've, we've really prioritized hiring female coaches to, to coach female sports. And not that men can't coach female sports. We have a women's soccer coach who's been here 25 years, a, a male coaching female sport and killing it. Um, but so those would be two things that we identify in the search. And then 
Um, if it's close, we're really gonna put our heels down on the faith piece. And so who do we think can lead these student athletes in a way that helps them grow in their relationship as a result of playing X sport? And that's the number one thing that's the most important for us. So we ask a lot of questions about faith. Um, so leading up to like an on-campus interview, I'll ask a lot of questions about um, strategy and game planning and practice planning and recruiting and all those pieces. But then when we bring someone on campus, um, we rarely ask questions about the sport. We really are trying to figure out, are you a fit for our campus? And the fit is going to be the faith side of it. So we'll ask a ton of questions about their faith. And so it's a little different um, interview approach for folks as they come to campus and they're ready to talk about what kind of offense they're ready to run in basketball or, or whatever it is. And so we say, well, we're going to talk about faith for, for a good part of today because um, that's, that's where we're trying to center things. After you've made the hire and, and maybe it's a younger coach, Christian coach, um, do you have resources that, that you force them to read? Um, and what's, what's your development strategy once they get on campus with you? Yeah, so it's customized based on where the person's coming from. Um, so I mentioned before, we're denominationally affiliated. And so it depends if that coach understands the denomination and some of the, the little things that make us different or, or, or weird or whatever it is. Um, so have an understanding of that just to function well on the campus. And then um, have they been a head coach before? or have they been at a Christian college before or in a Christian high school and, and what's that look like? And so we'll walk them through um, different things based on where they're starting. And so two resources that have been super helpful. I mentioned Brian Smith before. Um, so Brian Smith wrote the book, The Assist, that I think is a great way to look at faith integration in sport. He also has a website that um, if someone's coming from a secular school and has never run a Bible study with the team, then Brian Smith breaks down, here's how you start a Bible study with the team and, and super helpful stuff. Um, so that's one resource. And then on the recruiting front, there's a guy named Dan Tudor. Dan Tudor is a guy that loves Jesus and is also a recruiting expert. And so we'll uh, bring him on um, to work with a particular, so we hired him for softball, for example, a new head coach um, coming from Harvard that doesn't have uh, an active faith affiliation. And so we've connected her with Dan Tudor just to get that. Um, what's it look like at a Christian college? Because Chad, you know this, it's, it uh, is different than search. And so Dan's a great person to, to help get them rolling. And so if someone's not successful, then that I would say that's my fault because we just haven't, we either missed in the hiring process or we didn't equip them well enough. So figuring out how best to equip people is important. And then we'll look at, hey, are you going to the coaches convention? And um, let's figure out a way to make that financially possible. So you can start making those connections and then you have other people to say, hey, you're doing it well, help me uh, maybe model this part of your program or that part of your program. And then eventually you're gonna have, make your own culture, your own program, but what can I learn from other folks? And, and coaching conventions can be a good place to start um, potentially. So those are the, the first three things we'll take a shot at and then we'll kind of see where do we need to go from there. I'm a big fan of Brian Smith and, and respect the, the work that he's doing. And um, Dan Tudor as well, amazing uh, recruiting uh, guru and, and help. Um, and just thinking, thinking about, um, sorry, I'm going blank. Um, lost my train of thought. I'll edit this one out. I apologize. You're fine. I can't remember where I was going to go next. Um, 
Oh, I remember now. Sorry. I apologize for this. Gene, my, my, uh, my buddy's been doing some editing. Gene, I'm sorry again. Let's edit this one out and uh, I'll just be silent and then we'll pick back up. For, I'm, I'm picturing uh, some coaches being on this, uh, this call, listening in, um, maybe unsettled in the, in the coaching arena and thinking through possibly entering into athletic administration. Could you counsel that, that coach on when would they know I need to leave coaching and get out and I need to enter into um, you know, sports management or athletic administration? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's really, um, it's a career shift, right? Because it's, it's, there's some overlap and the knowledge that you have as a coach will make you um, a more effective uh, athletic administrator than I am. So you'd be, you'd be starting out ahead of me for sure. Um, but thinking about, okay, so what, where are my gifts and talents? And then where's my interests? So what are the things I'm good at doing? And then where's God pulling my heart? So um, does he have a heart still in coaching or is it in, um, rather than impacting student athletes day to day, do I wanna try to do um, impact coaches day to day? And, and is that something that I'd be comfortable with? Is that something I've, I have some giftings in? Um, moving on the administrative side, um, you know, coaches notoriously hate meetings, right? And so and having a love for meetings or at least a tolerance for meetings is something that you have to be comfortable with. And then um, the amount of email becomes significantly higher as well. Um, so meetings and email, while uh, they maybe don't sound fun, um, can produce results and it is a big part of the administrative side. Um, so being comfortable with both of those things. But ultimately, it's about um, trying to discern God's will for your life and, and God, where are you taking me and where do you want me to impact um, your kingdom for your glory? And if that looks like in a different context on the leadership front, um, leadership in terms of leading coaches instead of student athletes, then um, let's do it together, Jesus. I, uh, I just love your perspective. I appreciate you sharing this. And, um, you know, what do you, um, what do you want to be told of you at the end of your, um, your career as an athletic director? What do you want your legacy to be? Yeah, that's, that's a heavy question. Um, I like it because I think it's, it's important to look in the in context of that, right, with the end in sight. Um, so I like that you're forcing me to do that. I think um, it depends on who do you want to be the one evaluating that, right? And so in athletics, um, it's so easy to get distracted by um, what does the president think of me or what do my student athletes think of me or have I been a successful coach and it, are we defining successful coaching from wins and losses? And I mean, I'm barely above 500 and did I actually do anything for my career or whatever. Um, but I think at the end, um, the the assessment of this world um, ultimately doesn't matter in the eyes of the king, right? Sure. So in the eyes of the king, um, what we all want to hope to hear is well done, good and faithful servant. So what does he call us to do? Well, he calls us to love God and to love people. And so um, I fail at that every day, but hopefully there's also growth every day that I'm loving our God well, and I'm loving people well, and the people that he's put in my life and people that I see most often, honestly, are the, um, my family and then the folks here um, on campus in the athletic department. And so am I stewarding that well in his eyes and having a, a way to assess that um, becomes the most important thing, right? And so um, 
I've said it a couple times already, right? We want to use the gifts that God has given each of us to pursue excellence. And so, of course, we want to win conference championships. We want to advance in the NCAA tournament. We're trying to do all of those things. But if those things distract us from our love for our Savior or our love for the people that he's put alongside us, then we got to reorientate that. And so hopefully at the end, um, that's where I land. But man, uh, God has some work to still do on me for me to get there. So try. <laughs> we, we all we all are work in progress but i want to be respectful of of your time but before we we get off this uh call i just want to ask is there any way that we can be praying for you um, and, and your family or your school and yeah thank you for asking that question um, and this has been a lot of fun so it's been uh enjoyed hanging out with you and, and a pleasure to be here um yeah in terms of prayer just that it lead well um we're in uh an unprecedented situation, obviously, right now, but um, there's a guy named Ben Andrews here, assistant AD at Asbury, and he, he talks about, yes, we're in an unprecedented situation, but we're serving an unprecedented God. Um, but that's easy to lose sight of, especially when you're a coach or, or an AD like me, I like to control things, and things are just not within our control, right? When is our season going to start? Can we have fans? Like, all those things, which don't have answers to, and um, it's not something that I function well in traditionally, and so just that um, I really need to, like, Jesus, it's up to you. Just let me work hard and, and give you control. It's easy to say, but it's hard to, to practically apply day to day. So just that I lead well through that in the midst of the situation that we're facing right now. Well, let, let me pray. God, we just bow down before you, and uh, you are sovereign, and you are in control, and uh, nothing, nothing surprises you. And I just thank you so much for this time with with dr tim and uh that he could just share his his wisdom and um, i just pray that you'll you'll just fill him up that he'll he'll trust you more and more and that you'll you'll deepen his walk deepen his faith um, so that he can go out and, and impact those coaches and, and his family there at covenant and we pray that, that all the students that they they grow in their faith that they'd be challenged and um and that people would, would come to know, know Jesus here this semester through, through this, uh, this crazy time. Um, we, we love you, God, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're so thankful for Dr. Sedgel to uh, have taken his time to talk to us. The one thing that stood out to me, Chad, was how much depth he put into having a list of five to ten names for every single head coach that could potentially be a head coach at Covenant in case one of his coaches decide to leave. Um, that was just unbelievable to see the the detail up, you know, the detail that he went into in order to have that list. For sure, and and I love the the Dr. Dre um, picture of discipleship, recruiting, and a pursuit of excellence, and that's really what he's. He's wanting there at Covenant. It's exciting that he's been able to build that staff and he's super proud of the, the vision, the direction, and the people that are there on board. If you want to learn more about Dr. Tim, his, uh, he's active on Twitter. If you want to follow him at S-C-E-G-G-E-L Speaks. This is the end of this episode. We love doing this. We're excited. If would mean It would mean the world to us if you were able to rate and review it and share it on social media just to help spread the word so that the other Christian coaches can be encouraged and go out and serve like Jesus. Uh, and just remember, coach, 
the mission field is right where you're at.